You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. So just like Hunger Games, I am going to conclude that if I was a 13 to a 16-year-old girl, this movie that we're discussing tonight would be Salt My Alley. I am not. I'm a 34-year-old man. Not up my alley. We're talking about Eleanor Holmes. Eric, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I enjoyed this series. I didn't know if you knew that it was based on a book series as well. A yeah, no, I young adult. Research. Yeah, you did research. Good for good for you, Joe. Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of fun to do a little bit of research after these movies, especially after something that you kind of enjoyed a bit, and you can kind of see that there's a lot more to it than just. Well, one movie, right? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I was I was interested to see uh, the history of it. What it, I mean, these are fairly new. That the first book came out in two thousand six, so it's not too old. Um, from the from the other reviews that I have seen online, everybody's talking about what Millie is that her, seven from uh, from Stranger Millie, Things. Millie Bobby Brown. Yep. Yeah, everybody is uh, raving over her performance, and I'm going to second that notion. Uh, she's very good in this movie, uh, but that's that's really it. Um, there's a lot of actors that I like uh, that I thought that I would really get into in this movie, and and I don't because in the early mid 2000s I had a love affair with Helena Bonham Carter. And uh, she's just falling off the wayside for me. And I was excited to see her in this. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe Helena is uh, is going to give me a Sweeney Todd performance again. I'm interested. And no, no, she didn't. She gave me a Harry Potter performance, whichever character she played. But this series, this movie is somewhat loony. We'll say that, you know, it's it's charming and, and kind of light and... You know what I mean? It's it's just fun. It's ex- it's which is what I don't what like. It is. Though, if you is want to like. see her at some at at her at a peak position, I would recommend The Crown. She uh, season three especially. She uh, just is steals it easily. Star of the show. Um, so if you want to see some top notch acting, I recommend that. But. In this movie, like she just needed to be a character. That's why I think a lot of these actors signed on to these roles because they're silly, they're fun. They can wear costumes and be somebody else for this movie. It's uh, it's fun. There's very distinguished characters. So yeah, no. See, okay, so, okay. So we'll talk about that because that's one of the things that took me out of the movie was the was the fact that Eleanor Holmes had to talk to the audience, and I thought that was very. Um, unnecessary i didn't like that aspect of it all with her having to talk to the audience every single second sherlock holmes is the same thing yeah i don't like it okay well fair enough i i I don't like it i mean like sherlock holmes he had something going for him sure you know uh when it comes to okay about this it's the star power uh you have you have um Robert Downey Jr., who's playing Sherlock Holmes, who could do no wrong, so therefore I'm going to go with him. But we got this girl who is still green behind the e- green behind the ears. She, she's not 100 um, percent there yet, 
And I was looking for something a little funnish, but also something a little bit more serious too. And I didn't get any of that at all. What I got was, hey, I'm going to talk to the audience why I crashed my bike or or um, I want to talk to the audience why why my mom's gone and about my brother who doesn't know who I am. Like, just not into it at all. I mean, I, I saw it that she was speaking to you as if you were her diary. You know, her, her inner thoughts, just kind of her process to kind of get everything out. And then we were just kind of along for the ride there, too. But we also got to see a little hint of it in Sherlock. Um, and I would like to see... A little bit more of it, but again, this is her movie. It's not his movie. Okay, but I, I mean, but you don't think it took it, but you don't think it took you yourself out of the movie at all when she was breaking the fourth wall and just talking to us as the audience about what is going on in her wacky, crazy life. Like I just, yeah. Well, for for me, when she was doing it, it kind of set the tone that uh, this is going to just be a, a movie that is not supposed to be taken seriously or lit, or literally. You know what I mean? Okay, so is that good, though? I don't know. It works for some people. I think it works... It doesn't work for me. doesn't work for you. That's my question. I would not see a sequel. How about that? Or well, a, well, there's probably going to be. Okay. Well, um... It depends on that the sequel, I guess, has the same cast. I found this cast to be, be enjoyable, except for maybe the... Uh, who the hell was the kid? His... Uh, the, the, her, her love opposite. Yes, her love opposite who pulled a Marty McFly at the end of the movie. That guy. Yeah, that seemed kind of corny, and I actually didn't like his much care for his character throughout the entire movie. Uh, I liked... Her uh, sleuthing, I thought mm-hmm. it was it was uh, pretty good in how she kind of um, – it gave you an example of how she got there too because her mother taught her kind of to be this, this clever young person. And just like Sherlock, she had kind of this, this, this abandoned childhood where it was absorbed in, in kind of um, knowledge, you know, and just kind of consuming more and more and uh, being self-taught. I uh, and learning to observe, you know, have have a keen sense of about everything and be aware. It's just, it's nice. It's it's a witty movie, and uh, for I can understand that the plot is very exaggerated because it is, but uh, at the same part, it it kind of just didn't go. It didn't color outside of the lines, if that makes sense. Okay, but. Do we do we buy the fact that Helena Bottom Carter is not only the mother of this Holmes, but also the mother of the Sherlock Holmes? Like she doesn't she doesn't uh, play it well, I, I don't think. And the whole movie is her trying to figure out what happened to her mom. What happened to her mom? Where's her mom? And then when we get the big reveal, which we'll save for a little bit later. Uh, it was it was it was an unjustified reveal, and having to be a MacGuffin really. Uh, I just mm. yeah. Uh, how about this? I was looking for something semi serious, semi kiddish, kind of like Stranger Things in a way. I I do love me some Stranger Things, so I was kind of hoping for something along those lines, 
and immediately she breaks the fourth wall, which I was not expecting. So I'm like, okay, I'm distracted by you breaking the fourth wall. So why is this happening right now? You know, and it throughout the whole movie, that's, that's what it was. And then she goes to London and just the cinematographer also is a a complete pompous idiot, but that's, that's me though. (laughs) It's like, no, no, no. I I will say that, that the set design was not too original and uh, the wardrobe could be something that, that maybe could be have worked on as well too. It seemed real, real simple and just kind of leftoverish. And, uh, but I mean, well, I just, as far as the acting, it, it it made it made sense to me. Okay, and yeah, I. She did a good job. I I am not gonna go off or uh, I'm not gonna go speak a single negative thing about Millie. She did a great job for the world that she was given. I'm not going to complain about her at all. Um, but it's like, okay, for an example, it's like how many l- movies set in London does it have to be dark and gray and foggy? Like every movie that has London in it has to be that, and it's just so annoying. I mean, there, there were this sunshine was the same thing. moments here, buddy. Oh, barely. It was like it was literally like they shot in the same sets of the Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Like that's what it looked like. But – wasn't that in know. New York? No, Fantastic Beast was no. Yes, it was in New York, wasn't it? I thought it was shot in London, but you're right, it's shot in New York. Hot damn. Okay, well, I lost that argument. Fuck me. End of show, everybody. See you later. It's not. It's not just the set, though. I, <laughs> I understand that it just seemed like this movie played it safe and just kind of again. I'll use a, the coloring book analogy. It just kind of played it safe. You know, it it, it just knew what it was. It's just a simple kind of story. Mm-hmm. It was going to capitalize off the off the tween kind of age group, and it works. I I found it just to be kind of it's simple, uh, pleasurable in in its simplicity. In that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but but does it work? Because I still think having her break the fourth wall is a very very bad mistake. Um, I also think okay, look, you want to have the concept of. Of that, uh, she's a Holmes. She's a sister of Sherlock Holmes, and uh, her mother disappears. So her mission is to find out what happened to her mother and be as clever as her brother Sherlock. Yeah, that sounds like a great concept on paper, but when it comes to this actual movie, they give me all the delivery all the time. They're giving me all this pizza, but the pizza's not good. There's no payoff. Okay. Because, because, because. Because, okay, I'll just go for the ending here. When her, uh, she finally finds her mother in her loft, hotel room, whatever. Secret her base? Mo- secret base would be. There you go. No uh, boys allowed. Mom, yeah, no boys. Uh, her mom shows up, and her mom's just like, hey, I left because I wanted you to become a woman or something like that. I'm just like, what? And she's like, but I got to go again. Like now, now Eric, tell me if I'm wrong. Because after after that whole scene at the end of the movie happened, I rewound it and watched it again. Her mom didn't say that she was being chased by Men in Black. Her mom wasn't being threatened by anybody. She just decided to leave, and the she- Elena Holmes character accepts it. 
and I don't accept it. Am I am I wrong in that? Is that what happened? No, I, I she was kind of a moving on to this greater movement. She was in charge of it, right, into that whole group, and so she had left because that had taken priority in her life more than anything else, and and she felt that probably uh, 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 Elena was a. Uh, you know, prepared enough, like old enough and being able to figure it out, challenged enough and bright enough to where it's like, all right, well, here, chick, if I give you a whole bunch of money, I'm pretty sure you can figure it out. Really? I mean, like, I didn't hear her say that, but really? Because that's if what that's I'm going the case, with. if that's the case, if that's what you're saying, then that's some bullshit. Why would you say that? It just, that just sounds like a horrible cop out. Hey, you know, this this group that I'm involved in that we don't know about, really? Because I've not seen anything about this group. This has happened in a lot of tween series, though. Okay. Hunger Games. Um, this has not happened on Hunger Games, but okay. What, with... Uh, uh, what's the... Uh, uh, the like, uh, Maze Runner or uh, Fifth Maze Wave? Maze Runner. Sure, Maze or, Runner Fifth Wave, but not... Uh, uh, not Divergent not. series, I guess. Is that another one? Sure, divergent would be a would be a big one. I it, it it okay. So are you trying to tell me that all these teenage girl movies, uh, one of if if not both parents say, hey, uh, we're gonna go off and do our parent thing, why you go and discover how to be a a woman? It's usually these stories have a moment where these teens are left alone at some point or uh, by themselves I should say and then they are forced into a situation where they have to kind of grow up and prove themselves that's what it is for all those movies that I had just said it's a common theme and uh, this movie is uh, no different hmm so how's that any different than a slasher movie there's people trying to kill you most horribly that I mean does I, it? I don't know, but also, I mean, all the other movies that we talked about, like it's there's somebody trying to kill them, right? Right, but it's like it's 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 literally the same. I guess concept. the gore, right? Okay, fine, gore. Okay, fine. So we'll go with the gore aspect. That's the only difference, but it's the same thing, right? Teens, young teens, are by themselves away from parental figures, and they have to figure things out and grow and survive the evil. That's the well, same in a, in a slasher concept. movie, no. Well, in a slasher movie, the teens are just—it it happens unexpectedly, you know. Like they're they're on a vacation, thinking, "Oh, this is going to be great," and they take a wrong turn. Where these other kids are uh, in those types of movies, the non-slasher ones, those are, they're like born into it, right? They're born into like uh, um, the the fucked upness or the tragedy of it, or also it's just a completely alternate universe too, Jordan. So. A lot of them are, you know, aliens and shit. So, okay. I, I look, look. Like am I, said, am, I am I trying no, to I explain mean, something that I mean? I, no, you're right. You're right. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. It just, again, like, like I said at the beginning of the show, if I was a 15 year old, 16 year old girl, this movie would be best movie of the year. You know, this movie's sure. great. You know, I, I just don't see it. I, I just. Uh, I I actually agree with every critic that I've read online that the movie is actually really horrible, uh, but Millie is good in it, 
and which gets me excited though to be honest with you because that that shows me that if millie does continues to grow as an actress she could be a really really good powerhouse actress as she gets older into young adulthood and i'm excited to see her career that's what i'm excited for with this movie Absolutely. you know what i mean yeah like that's what i'm really excited for um henry carval sherlock holmes henry cavill cavill travel Car- cavill carval whatever his his mom's name's martha I think you're putting Cares. extra letters in that name uh, maybe maybe he needs to learn how to shave a mustache for a movie but that's just me Wrecked him. Got it. Got it. You know, you got the reference. I'm glad you knew that. <laughs> I hope some of the fans got that reference. But I just, I, I've never been a Henry Cavill fan. So um, I actually would pick Brandon Roth over him as Superman. But that's me. That's, uh, that's, yeah. that is, uh, that is not the opinion, everyone. Thank you. A movie guys podcast. That is uh, most certainly just the, uh, complete opinion of one uh, Jordan. Yes, it is my opinion, but you know what? This is not a Superman podcast, but I will say, though, that Superman Returns is, like, so much better than Man of Steel. Man of Steel is a bad movie. It's a really, really bad movie. Uh, Superman Returns is like, hey, guess what? We're going to try something new here, and at least they did it. I mean, like, at least they gave Lois Lane and other characters some some spotlight, some spotlight to grow. Man of Steel is just bad. And then the sequel, Batman vs. Superman, well, we all know how that turned out. So I just I just don't like Henry Carvel, Carol, Caraval, whatever. I just don't care. Just 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 shave your mustache, bud. That's all you gotta say about that. I I enjoyed him. Uh, you thought he was good in in these roles. Well, he, he, it wasn't a hard role for him to play. Let's be honest. Neither no. with uh, Sam Calfin uh, too. Claffin, uh, Claffin. Am I saying it? whatever the hell? Let's just uh, be fancy. Say Claffin. Claffin. Claflin. 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 Let's just be fancy. Oh, Why we're not? gonna get letters, Jordan. Anyway. Why not? I, I mean, he, he had a good performance too, but again, like he just had to play the angry old older brother, and mm-hmm. it's just like I'm trying to hold it together, Jordan. And yeah, it's I'll, just I'm gonna kind of, send her away. Again, yeah, they, they probably bullshit. just had fun characters to play, where they just had to they get to wear funny suits and just be you know fancy people for for a weekend. Um, I mean, sure. I mean, Will Ferrell Will Ferrell played a bear Sherlock Holmes than this guy did, but that's how dare you, Jesus. I've never even seen the uh, Will Ferrell Sherlock Holmes movie, but I would argue it's probably better. Oh, all right then. You have not seen it yet. Should we review it? It's as one of the worst movies. I mean, we we could, we could, because anything Will Ferrell does, I I fucking love. How about this? How about how, this? How about this? I'm just Sherlock Holmes out. I just don't give a fuck. Oh yeah, that's that's fair enough. I can say that. You know, because I can't tell you. Besides the first Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movie, even even before that, right? Like, I can't tell you the last time I saw a really good Sherlock Holmes story. I mean, you got the you got the Robert Downey Jr. one, the very first one, which was very surprisingly good, you know, decent for what it was. Creators are judged by Guy Ritchie. He sucks. But, hey, you know, it was it was decent. Again, you go with the slander, man. 
You don't like you like Guy Ritchie? Tell me one good Guy Ritchie movie. Uh, Snatch, I guess. Snatch? You're gonna go with Snatch? Rock and Roller. I like I like both those movies. Yeah. Man. Yeah, but then all of a sudden he got Madonna, and then he did what? Swept away. Okay, and... we're not gonna talk Oof. about that one. Obviously, something happened there. Okay. Yeah, Madonna happened there. Uh, he had oh uh, um uh a man from Uncle. And do you think that's great? I enjoyed that movie a lot. You don't like that movie? A Man Called Uncle? Uh, how about this? How about this? Uh, Guy Ritchie is another Ron Howard. Uh, he makes a lot of shitty fucking movies, more so than good. And there's probably one or two movies that he's made that are decent enough to be said, oh, he did something there. Jeez, you, you are a type. How? You're going to sit here and tell me that Jim Carrey's The Grinch Stole Christmas, directed by Ron Howard, is a good movie? No, I'm not going to say that, but that is that is a classic for some, I'm sure. The cartoon version obviously will reign supreme, and Jim Carrey just, it, it just, it just didn't work for me. It's It seems more nightmarish than entertaining, but, you're you gonna know. You're going to sit here and, yeah, I mean, like, you're going to sit here and say Solo is good? I, I, you, we are on archived history of me saying that it's not good okay so i'm just trying to prove my point that i mean like guy Ritchie and ron howard are kind of the two two pieces of the same pod i mean like they have some movies in their filmography that are good but like like seven out of ten are shitty okay so, i mean I, I i'm definitely not going to sit here and defend aladdin you know no like, no, who did Aladdin, by the way? Guy, Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie? Okay, no wonder why that movie is shitty. <laughs> I reviewed that last year. The movie's absolutely horrible. But Okay, so anyway, so I think that's what it was for me because this was on the schedule to do. This is a, this is a, this is a newer Netflix movie. You know, we because of the pandemic going on this year in 2020, we try to keep up to date with our – movie guys theme of the newest movies. So this was on the schedule. I literally had no interest in seeing this at all. Um, it was definitely a fight for me to sit down and watch it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I sat down last night, I watched it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sit in my new garage, sit on my bar and just drink some Jameson here and try to get into it. And, uh, there were some parts that I was into it, you know, when she became a lady, you know, and I was like, oh, OK, that's funny, you know, but it's like but at the end, you know, with the big reveal and stuff and her boyfriend fucking Marty McFly's Back to the Future 3's that shit, because I went back and rewound that whole hallway fight scene. Yeah, because it's like, OK, there's a lot of shit here that I thought that I saw and I clearly saw it. Like, for example, when the guy's shooting the shotgun and it misses the boyfriend and then the bo and then and then. The camera so just has to do extreme close-up on the boyfriend's face while he looks and he realizes that the night armor was not affected by the bullet. And it's like, oh, there it is. There yeah. it is. No, no, cor corny and just uh, lame, lame 100, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I can feel you on that. And yeah. there are a lot of parts of this movie where, again, I, it was just kind of eye roll and... You could, you're gonna guess what's gonna happen next, and then what happens after. You know, it, it's predictable. Yeah, it's very predictable. It's it's not good. 
like it's definitely not going to be a no. It's not again. It's not, not for gonna... us, and I think I think we both understand right. that. It's it's not for us. It's not for us at all. Um, there's like six books, five six books in this series, so it depends on what Netflix does. I mean, Millie does have a following with Stranger Things. She probably has that group, you know, watching her. And oh, I'm, maybe I'm they'll sure. be like, hey, you know, the star power but, is going to draw a crowd. Absolutely. Maybe it'd be another two for the money, though, where it's just it's just so terrible that they won't make another one. I mean, I think Lemony Snicket's worked. Was, yes, because thought, they made a sequel was, of Lemony Snicket's. I thought it was successful. They did like a three or four season series on Netflix. Yes, and you're going to sit here and tell me that Neil Patrick Harris and Lemony Snicket's was great. No, I'm not going to say that. Okay. It was pretty fucking shitty. Did you watch all of it? I watched the first two episodes, and after the second episode, I looked at my wife, and I said, I ain't watching this shit anymore. You are a sour, sour man. It... Same thing with Umbrella Academy. I, I, Umbrella Academy is shit, and I don't understand why people like it. My I wife binge-watched that This is fantastic like, that instead of watching The Grinch uh, for Movie Guys podcast, I get to mm-hmm. interview movies with The Grinch, Jordan. You're going to sit here and tell me that Umbrella Academy is good. I've not seen it. it don't. Look at, look at you because you've seen a, an episode, an episode, no, Jordan. No. I watched I watched the whole first season and I was like, yeah, no, stupid. I mean, like, it's, it's, it, is, it is a comic book series written by the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely going to be Gerald? Artistic. It's written by Gerald? Yeah. Yeah, it's written by Gerald. I'll be damned. It was a comic book series that was written by Gerald. Uh, they did the Black Parade album, and then they did a hiatus for like four or five okay. years. And Listen. he went off and did his thing, and that's what he did Listen. was the Umbrella Academy. I get bad. it. Not the worst thing. However, though, I have also seen Neo Yokio on Netflix, and that movie series is like voiced by Jaden Smith. And written by Ezra, what's his name? Something from uh, Vampire Weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but an, it's voiced by Jared Smith. Uh, J- Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith. Smith. It's, yeah, so, no. it's an anime. Ugh. And it's about somebody who flexes with his fashion. It's pretty dope. So, so there's no cats in this one? Like no, there are, there are some demons, yes. But mostly it's just them okay. flexing their their outfits at each other and they're gonna say because i'm not gonna watch anime with cats anymore buddy can't do it so we're getting off track with the we are we're getting off track we might as well get into our popcorn ratings with this one because because this one's this one's interesting i'm not gonna give it a no bag i i will guarantee that i just it's oh so um i'll go first i guess i want to see what you say last so sure uh i think it's a small bag um, it, it's, it's not terrible at all. Um, I definitely don't see for the older people that are listening to us, like in their thirties and above that this is a movie that you skim through Netflix and are like, Oh, I want to see this. Um, I, 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 I don't see that happening. Um, I don't think it's really shot. Well, I don't think they really have a direction. I don't really think. Um, that Helena Bottom Carter did something good uh, for her to be in the movie, but 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 Millie is just so good, 
And I'm really interested in this actress, and I really hope she does some great stuff in the future. So her performance was good, so I'm going to go with every critic. Uh, the movie was absolutely crappy. She was good in it, so it's a small bag for me. Come on, Seven, give me season four of Stranger Things. Let me see what you can do. So, Eric, what's your popcorn reading, though, of Helena Holmes? I, I agree. This is a small bag. It's just not for me, but the – I enjoyed the characters in them. I think uh, uh, Helena didn't really... She phoned it in for this one. This was a paycheck movie. She mm -hmm. didn't have to be serious. She could be silly. And when you are silly in a movie, you know what I mean? It all depends on just how relaxed you are. And I'm sure that she just got a little relaxed before the camera and got to be then relaxed on camera. So that's just how it works, I guess. And uh, But the story, I agree. Just it was kind of... Um, you know, simple for the most part. It didn't need to be anything else, though. It worked probably uh, on its own. If it's is in a series, I'm anxious to... Uh, or, I'm sorry. Um, well, I'm anxious to see where it would go because it kind of wrapped it up almost. I don't know. I've not read the, the book series. So it seems like it'll just kind of stay where it's at. But I don't think I would be quick to watch it either. I'm not yeah, really, yeah. in a hurry to rewatch this one at all. It's a, it's a small bag. Um, that just it's kind of what it is. I watched it. That's about it. Again, another movie and movie guys podcast history where I would not have seen it if it wasn't for the show, which is good though. I mean, that's not negative when I say that. It's like because the more movies you see, the more knowledgeable you come when it comes to general film. I mean, we're watching the movies, man. Yeah, we're watching the movies, so it's like it's 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 like I would never have seen this, and there's been some movies that I never would see that I that I thoroughly enjoyed. Like, to be quite honest with you, before close of the show, if it wasn't for Movie Guys podcast, I probably still to this day would have not seen The Irishman just because I heard it was over three hours long. <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm just like I just don't have an interest, you know. Like that man, was uh, that was a things, chore, wasn't it? It was. I remember that I told you guys in that episode earlier this year that uh, I did it in three days, you know, so. But anywho, next week, though, we are going to talk about a movie that is near and dear to my heart. We're going to kick off our brand new series, our sequel to our 90s teen horror, to our 80s teen uh, sex comedies. We're going to do a 90s, I guess a 90s teen horror would be kind of yeah, maybe absolutely um and of course there is a lot of ironic stuff in this time period of this genre so we are going to be kicking it off with wes craven's new nightmare a movie and also a franchise that i never thought movie guys podcast would ever tackle freddy krueger we're going to review what Wes Craven's new nightmare was going to be about. So before we close the show out tonight, Eric, I, I do want to tell you about this just to prepare for a week for the fans and for you, since I'm a big fan of this genre. Uh, this was supposed to be, uh, Wes Craven's new nightmare was supposed to be the third movie. The third, what do you mean? So you got uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors. Yes. This script was written for part three. Interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, and, then all of, and then all of a sudden, they hired this young up-and-coming guy named Frank Darabont, who completely took the script, rewrote the script, 
The studio liked it and said, we're going to go with that. Who's Frank Darabont? Well, the director of Shawshank Redemption and the co-creator of The Walking Dead TV show. We're getting sidetracked again. I know, but I just wanted to tell you that to prepare. Well, I'm excited for it. It's A lot of the, the movies in that list are classics, I think. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited to see what you think. Ha, has it been a long time since you've seen this one? Yes, it has been. It's been okay. I've seen this like two years ago, so I'm really excited to see this again and watch it with you and see what you think. So, everybody, thank you so much for downloading this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Like always, check us out at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com and also vote. Go to movieguyspodcast.podbean.com and make your voice heard. Click on the tab Vote Now 2020, and it is our Movie Guys podcast awards or annual awards where your voice matters you can vote and cast your vote for the best film the worst film the most disappointing film the list goes on uh the polls will be closed in just two weeks from now from the time you're listening to this episode so get your votes on and help support the show by giving us your opinions on what you think deserves to win each category so uh eric thank you so much for joining me And we'll be back next week for Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Have a good night.